MDOT presents the Extra Mile Podcast, Legislative Session. Welcome in to another edition of the Extra Mile Podcast Legislative Session. I'm Paul Katul, MDOT Digital Media Manager, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Will Kraft. He handles government and constituent affairs here at the agency. And Will, the 2022 legislative session is done. Signy die was April 5th. I know everybody is very excited about that. And no better way to wrap things up or begin to wrap things up than have the Lieutenant Governor of the State of Mississippi, Delbert Hoseman, in right. with us today. A little information about uh, the Lieutenant Governor. He was elected in November 2019. He's Mississippi's 33rd uh, Lieutenant Governor, and he previously served as Secretary of State. Uh, Governor Hoseman, we really appreciate you being here today, and we also like to throw out a little fun fact. You're a, you're an avid marathoner, is that correct? I used to be before I got into politics. <laughs> there you go. That's all I can do to get through the Capitol. But no, we um, we had we spent a lot of time. We started early. I guess maybe in my 30s, we ran the New York Marathon a couple of times, Boston. We did what's called the Hood to Coast, which is a 200-mile race with a team. And we, we really enjoyed ourselves over the years and kind of kept me semi-healthy anyway. We Good found deal. out it was a National Walking Day, oh, yes. according to someone's calendar. Good. Uh, so we thought that was appropriate to Very mention appropriate. today. Very appropriate. Uh, I was out running the other day, and a lady pushing a stroller went by me, so I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm, guess I'm kind of slowing down. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> well, Governor, thanks so much for being here. we we'll just got to ask, ask you a little bit about yourself. What, what drove you to get into politics originally? I don't really know. We're still trying to figure that out. <laughs> I, I had um, back... Uh, First of all, I, I practiced law for 38 years. We had just a tremendous law firm, and there are many good law firms in Mississippi, but we were with Phelps Dunbar. And uh, it was a regional firm uh, here in New Orleans, Houston, uh, Tampa, London, uh, all over. And we had a, a corporate practice. You know, we, we represented a lot of businesses in Mississippi. And when they acquired other businesses, emerged or um, expanded in tax issues, those kinds of things, so we were a business lawyer. And then when I was about late, I guess mid-50s, the Secretary of State, Eric Clark, decided not to run. And I had been really, um, didn't think that our business laws were very good. And they weren't. And, you know, every time I had to interpret them or represent a client, I said, man, I wonder what what idiot wrote this. And so uh, I came home and I told my wife, I said, look, I think I'm going to run for Secretary of State and I'm going to change all the business laws. And she asked if I lost my mind. That was the first thing. And so in my first precinct, the vote was one-to-one. So it took, right. a while, it took a while for me to get out of my own house. But when we did, we were blessed enough to win that election and be hired to do that work. And we rewrote all the business laws in Mississippi. The LLC laws which now have proliferated. We have over 150,000 of them in Mississippi. Uh, securities laws, charity laws. Um, I was real interested in, uh, which is something we're going to talk about here, in land and how, how we ran- managed our public affairs. And when I got to looking at it, our uh, we have 16 section land and 640,000 acres of it. And so I, it became a real pilgrimage for me to get that land running right. And so I got it up to, um, we didn't have any timber. I mean, y'all face this over here. We had no timber plan. Some of them were in crayon. You know, every 16th section in, in Mississippi is owned by the school districts. Right. And so uh, the top 22 counties, we didn't, it does not own there because we got that from the Indians uh, and the tre- uh, Dancing Rabbit Creek Treaty. 
But the rest of it, Thomas Jefferson gave us our state in 1817. He kept out of the 36 sections, he kept the 16th one for education, which was brilliant and is paying dividends today, but it wasn't paying enough dividends, I didn't think. So I actually got it up to about $100 million a year in revenue from timber sales, um, farm sales, uh, duck hunting leases, uh, a lot of which had been um, favorably negotiated. I think it's up to about 20,000 acres, does that sound right? We have 640,000 acres oh, wow. Uh, wow. Of, a little bit off of, of public lands. And then I, I got really involved in, in, in talking to some people about the fact that they didn't have places to hunt and fish. So we ended up acquiring a lot of public land. Um, we acquired 17, I think 17,000 acres in the lower delta. And uh, it's now a wildlife management area. Um, we acquired the mouth of the Pearl River, which had been given to the family I acquired it from uh, for the state. I think it with a Spanish land grant. Well, so we got like three or four thousand acres. You own that now, and then we uh, we bought pretty much about half of Cat Island, which you now own. Wow. And I think in all of those, I was able to either get donations or other monies. I think we spent a total to acquire about twenty something thousand acres, probably about four hundred thousand dollars. Oh wow. Well, they had many successes, as you just alluded to, in the uh, Secretary of State's office. What ultimately drove you to make that next jump over to Lieutenant Governor? Well, I had an office on the on the basement floor, and I thought, well, if I go upstairs, I get another office. So. <laughs> but the trick was what happened um, was you get a decrease. The Lieutenant Governor is part-time, so he or she, uh, we've had both, uh, make $60,000 a year. And so um, you're considered to be part-time. That's not accurate. It, it's as you well know. I'm sitting here today right. after the session. <laughs> so no, it, it's a full-time job, Absolutely. and um, the Secretary of State's pay was ninety thousand dollars. So I actually uh, took a cut in pay, which is another issue I had at home. But I'm sure. regardless of that, oh wow. Uh, well, so Governor, but let's get to y'all stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, let's let's talk a little M dot. It was mm -hmm. a really good session for uh, for infrastructure. It's a really good session, mm -hmm. in particularly for transportation infrastructure. A lot of additional money for MDOT. Can you just start to break that down for us? I can, and I, I was real pleased. Um, you know, I, I, we need the road and bridges and the things that we do, and I was real pleased. Uh, Brad came by. I've known Brad forever. Uh, just been a, really a great guy. He was chief of staff for Cindy, chief of staff for Thad, uh, head of the Republican Party, worked here for a number of years, worked for Dick Hall. That's right. I want to talk about Dick in a second, but we had a really, uh, we've had a long personal relationship. I've, I've always admired him and his career and how he's worked. And he said he thought this was the best year that MDOT's ever had in the legislature, and I think that's probably accurate. Agree. When we look at what we did there, um, not only did we get the $2.8 or $9 billion that the federal government is going to give us, and we could have quit there uh, and said, well, you know, victory. But we didn't. We put up the match this year, another $40 million, which you'll need to match your federal money. But then we went further. Uh, we got from Brad and, and uh, Commissioners uh, King and Simmons and Caldwell, we got your list of what you had to do for maintenance and what you had to do for new construction. Uh, I've traveled just about every road in Mississippi now. And I know that, uh, for example, Highway 15 is, is way behind in, in, in its expansion, and so is 7 south of Oxford and a number of others. And so we decided that we would accelerate the maintenance program. And so we put another $45 million to bring the, two, the 2023 into 2022. 
And in addition to that, we, we put in $200 million, to um, some of which is to advance uh, some of your early work on getting these roads started, which is an issue that I think we all have, which is the timeliness of the delivery of the product. So one of the things sure. I really want to work with MDOT this year is why are we taking so long to, to get our products completed? Um, I'm hopeful that we'll look at some things like um, having construction companies and the different ones y'all do business with. There are a bunch of them around Mississippi. Having them earlier involved earlier, um, we, we've discussed that we think we have capabilities within MDOT to do a lot of the engineering work, and I sure. think we're outsourcing about $60 million a year. Well, $60 million would finish a good bit of Highway 15. So we're, we're real interested in, in giving y'all your head and letting y'all run with the ball here. And to do that, we, we upped the salaries over here on purpose with, with malice of forethought to make sure that we could keep and maintain the good engineers and people that work here. And the only other side of that is that having done all of that and spent really hundreds of millions of dollars of Mississippi money, um, it's time for y'all. It's game time. That's right. Uh, director, you know, we've had spring practice. It's time to go play. <laughs> director has already said, you know, it, with the increased resources comes an increased responsibility. You know, it's time to uh, show up and really show the appreciation 100%. for those. Absolutely. We're uh, ready. And hopefully, obviously, those additional resources will certainly help go a long way. Yeah. We're, in things. addition, we're, we're, of course, y'all, it's a kind of a semi-party, y'all, but we put a, another $100 million right. in ERBR. Excellent So in program. addition to the money that we've already talking about, so um, that will hopefully be coordinated with y'all, particularly on the quality of the work product and what goes in sure. and whatnot. But uh, hopefully that'll be coordinated with y'all. So that's an additional $100 million for your feeder county roads that'll come in. Our, I think that, I thought that was really important that we again come back with the RBR with a significant contribution. So um, all, all told, um, and in, in addition to all of that, there's $75 million in actual line items for y'all that are actually requested by senators or members of the House for specific items. So you'll see a lot of that going on. I, I looked at the map, and I was real pleased that Brad brought over the map of what we're doing, and it looks like the 1985 or whatever it was uh, plan. There's every county in Mississippi is fixing to have construction in it from either you, uh, you uh, basically all of yours, but in addition to that, the $100 million from ERBR, there's not one county that's not going to have somebody maintaining, paving, or new construction. That's exactly Absolutely. right. Uh, you mentioned Commissioner Hall, one of the mm -hmm. main figures in Mississippi transportation history. Did you want to touch on him before we move on? Oh, yeah. Dick, Dick uh, um, back, he ran for the House of Representatives, and I thought he was such a neat person. And uh, he ran where I lived, and uh, so I, I was worked on his campaign. Now, this oh, wow. is like oh. way back. And then uh, Dick and I became had some uh, business relationships and whatnot, and so we, we worked together during the flood. We were together back whenever that was, 77 or 79. We worked together during the flood, hauling paperwork out of offices and all that kind of stuff, and just have known him a long time. And then when he was, of course, when he was a senator, he was, you know, appointed. He was a Republican in a Democratic administration. And he was appointed head of appropriations, which is probably about one of the top two or three jobs over there. People have always recognized Dick's capabilities and, and the fact that um, he really had a leadership role. Then we came back to Dick again when we did the um, when we did the um, where you have to show your ID, your voter ID. That's right. 
And mm-hmm. what happened was we to get that I had to go to the Department of Justice, and they, one of the things they they said was, you know, we're, we're first of all, it's a miracle Mississippi didn't get sued. Every other state got sued. We didn't, so whatever. But as part of that, we came to Dick and your commissioners and asked if they would provide transportation for people to the county courthouse to get a voter ID, to get an ID made. So we put cameras in every courthouse, and MDOT provided through your services, ancillary services, provided transportation for people. That was a key component to defeat uh, any kind of in- indication that this would be something people couldn't get. Of course, there was no charge for it. We, the state provided that, but we also provided uh, transportation through MDOT. Excellent. So Unless anyway, our history goes way back, and Dick has been a champion of everything from voter ID to uh, appropriations, and, and, and uh, we were honored to have him in his old haunts there in the Senate on Monday and uh, do a proclamation for him, which he got a long-standing ovation. It was very special. I know he appreciated it. He's, he's made that comment already, how much that meant to him. Um, and selfishly, I must admit, you know, the voter ID initiative, that process will always be one of my fondest memories. Um, I was an intern at the Republican Party while that was going on. My little cubicle uh, was basically made of boxes of signatures. Uh, so I just, yeah. you know, every day going through boxes and signatures. Senator Fellingame did a lot of that. That's right. That's right. He did a lot of it. And we appreciate your help on it. But, you know, we never did get sued on that. And, and now if you told somebody that they didn't have to bring an ID, whether it was a Republican or a Democrat, they wouldn't. They think that was a bad idea. It seems strange, yeah. Uh, any other legislation that you know? I know it was a, a huge session. We had all kind of issues: tax cut, uh, education, teacher pay raise. Anything else you want to touch on? Yeah, we did. We put some money aside for ports. I think that's really that's right. important in Mississippi. Uh, you know, you are part of the transportation portal. You know, it's rails, which we gave some money to to either refurbish or do short range rails or short rail where they're not, you know, the big, what used to be Illinois Central and the others. That's right. But, uh, but we do the small, short pa- uh, parks, short railroad things, and those are very important to Mississippi. The ports are very important to Mississippi. The fact that we can get on the Mississippi River is very difficult. There's only a few spots. Vicksburg has an excellent one. Greenville uh, has one. Natchez is a little bit smaller. Uh, Rosedale has one. Right. And then you have the ports on the coast, which are uh, Pascagoula and Gulfport, which are very very important and critical to keeping Ingalls and Chevron and the rest of them. So we put some money in ports, and that really, uh, no pun intended, feeds into the highway department. Sure. Mm-hmm. So what we're expecting is that, for example, we've never built the um, the project that, that freezes liquid gas, liquid nitrogen gas, yeah, LNG. Right. We've never built that. That's never been completed just south of Chevron. Now with what's happening with Russia and Ukraine, uh, we have an opportunity to finish that and actually export the frozen uh, natural gas to Europe, which hopefully they will use. The Ukraine thing is just a total disaster. But as part of that, I mean, you all fit into all of this. That's exactly right. You're part of the puzzle, actually. And uh, selfishly a bit, I know it's something not directly related to transportation, but the influx. I know mm-hmm. that's a passion of yours. Would you maybe want to talk about that a little bit? We, we have been trying to do that for... The three years I was here and the year before I came um, to the lieutenant governor. So there, uh, it was started by the local economic developers, and what they wanted to do was simplify the application process where we could hit what I believe is our most important easy way. We are best used to assimilate like 50, 75, 100-person employers because okay. our workforce 
we're fully employed right now, basically, when you're 4%. Uh, unemployment is basically full. Anybody who wants a job can get one. Pretty good. So, in any way, to, to do that so that we don't plagiarize one company from another, we, the smaller incremental growth is what would attract and keep people here. Young people getting out of college or, like yourself, or, or, or just companies moving in here. So we wanted to have a program where they could get all of their tax benefits while they're sitting in Ohio deciding whether they're going to come here or not. MFLEX does that. It's a great program. It summarizes all of the various tax benefits, and you can sit there. If you tell me how much you're going to pay people and then uh, how much you're going to spend on capital expenses, we can tell you what your tax breaks are. That's awesome. Yeah, our economic development, I, I, I think that's going to be no disrespect to anybody else, but that will be a bigger economic driver than the tax relief. Sure, very well. Uh, yeah. Any, any other measures? I know, Paul, you have a question. Uh, Legislation left on the table. Oh, yeah. Still your question. Anything you're kind of All good. looking forward to next year? I think we still have about $400 million of ARP money okay. uh, that we need to spend. We're spending money on, on water, about $750 million on water and sewer projects around the state. Well, we'll want to match your $40 million next year uh, to get to keep you in line with your um, with your federal dollars that are coming in here. Eventually, that'll be $200 million. We like that. And so I, I think that's it. But I, I also think some of next year, as we finish out that last $400 million and do some other things, there's some education things that we haven't done, although we got a teacher pay raise and we got some a lot of money for refurbishing our schools. There's some, right. there's some things that need to be touched there. I'm very interested, as we're pouring this money, which is your money, into all of these projects that we have, uh, we have measurables. Like, if we're giving you X amount of dollars as MDOT, $200 million, we, we want to see dirt moving and asphalt and sure. concrete going down and bridges being built. That's right. So I think some of what we will be doing will be tracking your progress. Sure. Now, we, we, as long as you're performing, we want to be behind you pushing. And if you're not performing, then we need to move our assets to somebody that will. That's the way it was when I was in business, and that's the way it ought to be in public life as well. Pretty reasonable expectation. Yep. It is. I mean, y'all have had the best year you've ever had, and now, like we talked about a minute ago, it's game time. That's right. We, we need for y'all to uh, perform. And when I asked Brad uh, about performance charts and those kinds of things, we used to have something called a PERT chart. It's program analysis. So what you would do is you'd set time frames, like we're going to bid it by this, it's going to be constructed by this, the dirt's going to move, the environmental by this, the eminent domain by this. So you'd have a whole chart when something is to be done. And I'm hopeful that y'all will come back with those as you prioritize. Okay. You've already prioritized. We basically, the political arm of the state did not fool with what you designated as right. priorities. Whatever you said was the number one, there's no politics in that. Right. So with that given, then you ought to be able to come back and say, we're going to do Highway 15 or uh, there's a bypass in Port Gibson. I mean, they're all over the That's map right. there. But we're going to do that under this process. We're going to acquire the land by X. We're going to uh, do the bids by Y. We're going to have the environmental done by this, we're, you know, so that you have a chart. And then we want to see that chart. We want to see you hitting your, your achievables every time you do that. And if we find or if we sit here a year from now and there's no new dirt being moved, or whatever, <laughs> sure. then we we need to have another meeting. <laughs> uh, sure, and that, that's something you know we can we can be excited about showing our success. You know, hopefully we come back in a year and quite the opposite end of that spectrum. We can see all this has been done, completed efficiently and well, 
you know, that's got to be the goal, right, moving forward. Yeah, you have the standards out. already. I mean, you sure. know what thickness and, and what kind of the underground is supposed to be and what the bridges are supposed to hold. I mean, you've already done that. Real quick, uh, mm-hmm. topic of conversation that's out there right now is the brain drain in Mississippi. You mm-hmm. can't see everybody here watching on TV, but a lot of young people in, in the room with us. So what, what are your thoughts on kind of keeping Mississippi's young talent in the state? Um, well, first of all, the reason you stay here are, to, are two or three. First uh, is the economic realities. You've got to have a job. If you get out of college or junior college or get a skills set to be a, a, a welder or whatever, whatever job you're going to do, we have to have a position for you. So if I don't have a job for you, then you're going to move anyway. The second thing you want is a quality of life feature. You want to be, if you're a hunter, you want to be where you can hunt, or if you're a fisherman or you like the water, or you, whatever you're a golfer or whatever, we need to have the amenities of a cultural life for you. And there'll be an announcement next Tuesday of a major step on that. All right, whoa. So we need to have a quality of life. And the third one that goes directly into that is your education. Now, you're going to only go where you can educate your children, or in my case, grandchildren. You're only going to be where you can educate your children. Most of that, about 93 or 2 or 3% of it, is done in public education. So we have to have a really good public education. If you want a Catholic education or you want uh, a stay-at-home education, homeschool, whatever you want to do, we have to have that available for you in Mississippi. And then the last one, which is one we have problems with here in the city, is you have to have a safe environment. Mm-hmm. So we have to get, we have to have your job, we have to have your cultural things, the people that you like to live around and associate with in your off-duty times. Then we have to have education, and it has to be a safe environment. So y'all fall into almost all of those. I mean, MDOT touches all of those particular ones. So it's, it's not like you're in a vacuum and you're just building a road. What you're doing is building a road to the new subdivision where people are going to live. What you're doing is building a road to the new industrial park where people are going to work. What you're doing is building a road to the school system where people are going to go to school. So you're integrally involved in all aspects of, of that other than the security part, which um, our sheriffs and police departments do. But no, y'all, y'all need to succeed. For us to succeed as a state, y'all need to succeed. Certainly. Good to hear that. Um, I certainly appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Your, your thoughts on that. I mean, that's very encouraging to hear. You know, I think you're exactly right on all those. Uh, that's good. <laughs> it's an election what, in another year or so. There we go. <laughs> Help me out, man. Well, taking it totally out of the box here, I know you spend a lot of time on the roads. There's a lot of time traveling around the state. I do. Is there a stop in, a, a hot spot that you, anytime you're coming through there, I've got to stop in here and get a bite to eat? <laughs> Anywhere that sticks out? Maybe well, there's a home? few that I have kind of started to sure. haunt, and I, we go. I don't want to give too many away, but the Exxon station in Winona has, uh, out right. front, has a, a bunch of guys that are um, sit around in there, I think, 24 hours a day. I've never been in there, and they, have, they make really good biscuits and sausage in there. And so if you're running around on Interstate 55 early in the morning, which I try to do when I'm driving out to go somewhere, I like to stop by the Exxon and say, you know, how are we doing? You know, what's going on? And I can assure you they will tell you quickly uh, how your performance <laughs> is. So there, there are a couple of um, spots around. One good. of the things I want to stop in and will be this year is our parks. Our parks in abysmal shape. And uh, we, we appropriated this past year about almost $40 million to start rehabbing our parks 
And that's a place that all Mississippians should be able to stop. Right. There's more, there's like wildlife management where you can hunt or take your child or girl or boy fishing or whatever. And then there are places to stay. All of those are in abysmal repairs. Um, we had the architects take a look at it, and it's about $160 million to fix them. But I want to have it where people stop in their parks. And it's local, but it's also a big tourist destination. People drive through here to go over to Alabama or something. I want them to stop here. That's right. So we've, we've got some places that I would like for people to stop and then some, some that I do on occasion. But it may be due to COVID or otherwise, but it does seem like just in general, camping has made it like a return to the forefront. You know, It has. I see the Delo Water Park is full every time I drive yeah. through there. So, you know, I can't imagine what these larger and it, operations. And, and, and ours are, our pads are broken. We don't even have the electrical hookups for the bigger rigs that you see running around. Those don't work on, on a lot of our parks. Um, our refrigerators are broken. I, I, you know, there's rot in some of the buildings. I, it's just, it's just not acceptable. And you build that for part of this cultural thing that Paul was talking right. about a minute ago. If you got a place you can go, and let's, let's say you're you're not some ultra rich person that can afford a hunting camp or their own lake or something, you've got a place where you can take your family. That that really. Uh, solidifies your relationship with the earth and with with mississippi I agree. so we we need to have that and i'm um i'm bound and determined that we're going to fix up our parks we've been, we're looking at some match money and some other things that may be able to double that to where we can spend about 80 million this next year i certainly appreciate that that is good to hear uh governor we've just got one more question for you you know what's the best way for uh, constituents for uh, mississippians to contact you Call uh, Tom King or uh, <laughs> well, I love it or uh, you know Brad White, you know Willie Simmons, any of the Lee. Oh, I mean John Caldwell, his wife Lee's is, is a county, so you can call any of those, and they will call me right after you get through uh, whatever complaint. Now, if it's something congratulatory, you can call me at the office. <laughs> okay, perfect, That's perfect. That's the best answer we've got Absolutely. on that. Well, Governor, we really appreciate you stopping by uh, to talk to us today, uh, especially you know really we're recording this just a day after. Sign he dies. So um, we do before we get out of here, we're going to pat ourselves on the back. Public Relations Association of Mississippi just awarded the podcast the Extra that. Mile, uh, an award of excellence. So, um, you know, thanks to everybody that's involved here at MDOT. And then uh, thank you to the listeners. Congratulations. That's really next. You'll be on ESPN. Man. Right. Absolutely. Ooh. Well, well, thanks again, Governor, for, for being here. And we'll just uh, we'll just wrap things up again. Thank our listeners out there for tuning into the Extra Mile podcast. We want to thank our producer, Katie Hornsby, our editor, Drew Hall. Remember, you can listen and watch each episode by visiting goem.com forward slash the extra mile. Uh, and also be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. All the things we talked about today, we like to update you. At Mississippi DOT is the handle. And as always, remember to drive smart out there on Mississippi highways.